2: Welcome to Giant Size Heroes number 10. That's right, we are in double digits, and it is a very special episode because it is our first with two guests. Amy Dolan is far from home in London for work, so we are doing a very special far from home review. I've got Mr. John Rocha. Hello. And Hector Navarro here with me today. Hi. <laughs> I just briefly explained the potato scale to them, so if I break out into, uh, you know, tater tots and whatnot, they'll at least understand that's somewhat sane. Now, we're going to start off today with talking about far from home. We're going to go full spoilers so if you somehow haven't watched far from home pause this go out come back in two hours and nine minutes and let us know Uh, it is a very spoiler filled movie it is very dense so everything we say will affect your viewing so stop listening
0: now okay so far from home here's maybe my favorite part of the movie is I knew that Mysterio was the bad guy Mm -hmm. but what I didn't know and what I was so happy it made me so like unrealistically happy is the is the explanation for how is the backstory of him being inserted into the background of Captain America: Civil War? Oh please! Like, I, like, first of all, like, please I know, I know, him a lot stage of stage going. Bart, Bart, <laughs> it was and so the, funny. The
2: comic book zoom. The, da, da, da. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was freaking out uh, during that moment because as everything starts to hologram down, and I was like, okay, cool, we're getting Mysterio. I saw Peter Billingsley before the movie told us it was Peter Billingsley. So oh, I was like, right. so yes. I was like leaning over to my yeah. girlfriend. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, that's Peter Billingsley from the first <laughs> Iron Man. And then the movie tells us it's. To him, from you know, you we yeah. built us. I'm like quoting in her ear. I'm like, we built us in a cave with a box of <laughs> scrap. Well, I'm not Tony Stark, and she's like trying to pay attention to the movie. She's like, shut up, I'm trying to. <laughs> and then the movie explained it, but I loved the idea that they took that little throwaway thing at the beginning of Civil War. Yeah. Because it reminded you you've already seen super advanced hologram tech and I was like, son of the bitches yeah. they did it. And I yeah. never
2: thought of that theory and I yeah. never saw it in the internet. But like usually yeah. there's that one person that has this crazy hair brand yeah, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. Barf on was Reddit. right in front of us and everyone was saying Endgame would have Barf. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no. The next movie after Endgame right. had Barf and none of us came up with that and it's right yeah. there in front of us and I think the MCU's strength is really giving us those moments where it's like we
1: told you. I know. <laughs> well I also think the brilliance of is once again in the Spider-Man franchise they go from the ground up, right? Yeah. Vulture is a guy who picks up the tech where all the heroes are floating around up yeah. there doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. His job is picking it up, scrounging it up, and, and delivering it or getting rid of it and getting paid to do that, mm-hmm. right? Here we go again. Here are these guys who are part of a group or kind of forgotten because, oh, Tony changed his mind. Yeah. You guys mm-hmm. are irrelevant to us. Mm-hmm. And Tony, because Stark can be flippant in his decisions, mm-hmm. other people have to pick up the slack. Well, yeah. your friends can do a nice job of it. But what about people who you work for yeah. and you're just going to take their time? Technology and rename it and do whatever you want with it. It's like, wait, I spent three years building this. I know. You just can do whatever you want. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just that kind of thing that you're like, okay, these are ground up villains rather than like, you know, yes. from other planets. Cosmic right. or. And Spider Man's always been best at that. And, and their absolutely. motives are
2: realistic to the universe. Exactly. And I love yeah. that the vulture is literally a scavenger. Yeah. And I love yeah. that Mysterio. You know points. what I mean? Great and Mysterio point. is actively someone using tech like he does in the comics in a scientific way yeah. because this new universe is very scientific science-based. So they mm-hmm. twisted Mysterio's origin, added science to it, made it canon in the universe, and gave right. us Jake Gyllenhaal. Made I'm like, us, made thank us, you for all of that. Made, <laughs> that. made us think it
0: was magic, and that's the other strength yeah. of being able to, because this movie could not have existed in the Raimi films. This movie, mm-hmm. I don't think, could have even no. existed in the Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, it probably could have worked in, uh, in an animated form like Spider-Verse, but that's different, because mm-hmm. we kind of tend to accept more in an animated sure. world. But the, I think one of the strengths of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is this, is it allows Allows you to point to other concepts of it like Doctor Strange and Thor and go, Mysterio is this, and then have the audience be like, oh, okay, cool, we buy it. But then it's also able to go, we would not get to a point where a random bad guy could show up and have incredibly advanced. movie special effects hologram technology had we not been able to go look at what you've seen so far in the MCU of course you could accept that this guy just has drones right like it's not the crazy like I never wanted Mysterio to be in a live action Spider-Man movie Mm -hmm. famously I was like even though I love the Sinister Six Mm -hmm. replace him with Osborn get him out of there I never thought that the character who his whole backstory is he is a movie special effects (laughs) (laughs) stuntman in a movie with special effects could ever work because I'm like you don't want the movie to point to it would have been like um, the prestige, right. where they're telling oh, you yeah. that it's magic, but it's really like movie special effects. Or rather, that's not a good example. A better example is now you see me where, where mm. characters are like disappearing into the stage and you're trying to tell me that's like David Blaine stage magic. It's like, not. It's a movie. It's, right. I, I, that's I, I, Jesse it's, Eisenberg. It's green screen. It's CG. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, to, don't do that. So don't have a character that's going to point to his own tech and be like, it was illusions all along. And you're like, no, it was computer generated imagery in a movie. And this does the opposite. It yes. shows you,
2: and one of the strengths of this film is Jake Gyllenhaal in the mocap suit. So good. So oh, literally yeah. <laughs> a suit I think most of us have worn yeah. in this office yeah. for yeah. various work. Like an mm-hmm. actual mocap suit. And they topped that off with the AR helmet being the yeah. thing he has to hide with the CGI tech. Yeah. They made the fishbowl make sense, mm-hmm. they tied it to movie tech in a new way, mm-hmm. and then they had a scene where this, one of my favorite parts of the movie is Jake Gyllenhaal got to be a theater kid.
0: Yeah. Cause yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, no, just uh, maybe you know what, add more damage, just do the whole thing again but more damage. You want more damage? Yeah, play it again. And the it's biggest a- theater yeah.
2: nerd in the world, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah.
0: got to be the melodramatic theater
2: nerd <laughs> yeah. at a bar and yeah. then got to be the theater nerd on stage. Yeah. We got, this to me was the culmination of Jake's entire career in a superhero <laughs> film because we got 90s Jake Hall charm, we got all of the stuff they played him as in the Day After Tomorrow era.
0: We got Bubble Boy, literally. We
2: got literal Bubble Boy. <laughs> we then got mid-2000s yeah. like, do we trust him? He's mm-hmm. kind of dark. And then we got full-on Nightcrawler, Prisoners, Dark Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. I'll launch every drone now. He got now. to be the culmination. and yeah. I'm not saying this is his strongest performance, but it's a beautiful like parallel of his work. Mm-hmm. And I see why he took it because when I first saw Jake Gyllenhaal in a tentpole, I was like, okay,
1: he mm-hmm. ran away
2: after Prince of Persia. Yeah. This script has to be amazing for <laughs> right. him to want back in. And then I was like, oh yeah. no, they let him play his greatest hits.
1: And I read somewhere they turned on Malekith. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. like this idea of like, okay, well, what's the role? What's it got to be written like to appeal to him? Mm-hmm. And clearly. It was here finally once and for all, the deception and the message of the movie. I think mm-hmm. that's really important because it has an independent feel of a message, a topic. It isn't an overblown topic. It gets kind of specific yeah. in what it's going after. It's not yeah. themes and everybody be good to each other. It's something really like this is happening right now in the society and you all need to be aware of it. Yeah. And look how quickly even in my death. I'm able to manipulate a message, mm-hmm. and it's like and this I, don't is... think he died. And I don't think but he died. Your oh, po- but your point's just this. Yeah. I, but I, I agree think, with you. <laughs> uh,
0: the, my thing is
2: the Edith glasses were on him first, and then he handed them over to Peter, and the only mm. way Peter proved he was dead was through the glasses that were still on – like they were still programmed to Jake. They might be universally accepted on Peter because right. Tony mm. bestowed them, but the only proof of death was through glasses that couldn't be trusted, yeah. and he disproved it once before. Like he already bait yeah. switched them twice. Yeah. There's no way yeah, – the stereo either as a concept is alive or Quentin Beck is physically alive. Well,
1: none of those other people died, if we're going to use uh, right. quotation marks, yeah. right? And you saw Peter taking – that was the video, but there could be information on that flash drive. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's insinuated that it's a video, but it could mm-hmm. be the entire technology yeah. that he's taking with him and yes. there's someone else that they're going to get or, yeah. this, or the uh, – Cree, which are now the villains versus the Skrulls, mm-hmm. they could use that technology to fool the whole world living. in that kind of stuff. Maybe I, they can't shape shift, but they can change the perception of what you're looking at. And
2: so the Sinister Six, no matter what, gets Mysterio, and it yeah. Doesn't, yeah. It, whether or not Quentin Beck is Mysterio or the tech of that team, because yeah. mm-hmm. Mysterio is a team, as well as being Beck, and I definitely think it was played for comedy, but I also think him wanting that suit done. I, 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 the physical <laughs> yeah. suit, he kept saying, no, great. I need it. So funny. I think he's coming back. Uh, oh, I, and agree. I I really dug the way the movie left us with so many questions while also Surprising us for two hours, it kept subverting yeah. expectations. And I, I'm not usually one for Tom Holland in tech suits. I'm famously anti Iron Spider in sure. the comics and in the movies. But I loved the moment where he got to be in the ACDC jet and yeah. like playing with Iron Man tech. Like that felt really good while giving us. I know we were talking about him being the next Iron Man. Like that was yeah. something we talked That's about a lot. Yeah. But we got him to be the next Iron Man, still being Spider Man.
1: Well, I, I don't even think for me it was always that he's going to be the next leader of the Avengers. Right. right. I never saw him as the next Iron Man necessarily, but certainly the leader of the Avengers, and mm-hmm. that's something I've gotten a lot of pushback on because mm-hmm. he's young and it makes sense. But this film certainly laid the groundwork that that possibility is in play, but a different kind of leader, a different mm. kind. It might be a co-leader, but still in some form taking control of the Avengers. But I don't think we'll see it till the end of the phase four, if, if uh, at all. Well,
0: now you got me thinking, Roka. I, oh, no. I, I want to push back, oh, but I no. but I feel like I agree with you. In the sense that Spider-Man, in Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, this series of movies should be one of the pillars of the MCU. Yeah. Sure. But I don't see that character necessarily, and I feel like this movie kind of also declaratively was like, no, he's going to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see him taking over for the Stark Edith stuff. I don't see him taking over for Avengers. I don't see him. Really? I do not see the him. The bar scene. At, he
1: handed him the technology. Yeah,
0: but I, the bar scene
2: showed he wasn't ready. And I think I was yeah. thinking about you the whole bar scene because yeah. it was literally him being like. You need to be the next
1: Iron Man. I can't. He he says it in the bar, but by the end of the movie, when he's on that plane, yes. When he's on that plane, building him, building his own suit is him taking control of his destiny. I agree. And that to me is the moment. That's a hero moment. Sure, sure, sure. But he's Spider Man. not Iron Man. And I don't don't see Um, Spider
0: Man as an Avenger. I see Spidey as a guy who has been recruited by the Avengers up to this point. But he he was. Determined it to be an Avenger oh, in Homecoming, but then oh, he turned it down. But listen, issue one of the Amazing Spider-Man series in 1963, he's determined to be a member of the Fantastic Four. Course, he point. shows up, and they're like, "We're not. This is not, not how we're a family. <laughs> That's, we that don't says pay. four on the and wall." He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, you know, because he wants that. Because you know, when you're a kid, you want to be a rock star, and then yeah, you get cool, older, right. you are like, the rock stars. I want. They're the rock stars. That's why I think it's Baxter
2: Building, not Osborn. I think it's Baxter Building because of the the tie into Fantastic Four. And what better way to sell a failed twice-over franchise than tying it to Spider-Man <laughs> like I think narratively from a studio standpoint it you tie it times. to something that we needs see, help
0: especially at the end of this movie is saying now the world knows his identity. What if by the time? Because remember, this is twenty twenty three. Yeah. So a lot of people have been mm-hmm. speculating. When's the next time we're going to see Spidey? I'm like, honestly, I would not be surprised if Marvel, Sony, whatever, Sony be damned. I'm sure that if they could, they put another Spidey movie tomorrow. in theaters tomorrow. <laughs> like, they're like, he's our boy, and Marvel's meanwhile this. is like, hey, we need to introduce people to the Eternals, and Sony's like, no, what? <laughs> but I, to wait. I, I truly believe it feels like it's a long time from now, but it's kind of not four years from now.
2: I think think think
0: Spider-Man 3 is going to be 2023, and it seems like it's a long time from now. But remember, I feel like Spidey 3 is going to pick up right where Spidey 2 left off, Mm -hmm. and I have a theory that every MCU movie that's going to come out from now until then over the next four years is going to be either a flashback a movie that takes place in between the five years of the blip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these movies that introduce concepts so that it's going to slowly bring us up to speed in 2023. Like movies that come out next year are not going to be taking place in 2020, right? They're going to be 2016 because it's right. like Black Widow. That's a prequel we've about already established. Doctor Strange or Black Panther? Doctor Strange. They I mean, blipped. They did. Doctor Strange and Black Panther, I feel like, okay, basically doing the same thing that Spidey did. Where they'll they'll have a movie come out that will be right after the events of Endgame. Mm. God, it. so it's like what's happening with yeah. you in Endgame, and it's still 2023. But I don't think like an Avengers t- roster is going to line up until 2023. I, I agree. With that. Yeah. I, don't I agree think that Avengers are sure. the end of the phase. Right. right. So I, agree. So yeah. I think you've got to set up other factions. X Men, possibly Fantastic exactly. Four. Yeah. Maybe the Fantastic the Four in those time in yeah. that time in that four years can be set up. Maybe in another movie. Maybe some other way. But like yeah. maybe by the time we get Spidey three, it is a backdoor pilot for Fantastic Four. That's what I see it as. Because, especially if again the next movie is about his identity the fantastic four is the famously oh, we have no secret identity we're celebrities you know and
2: yeah. he was the only character in the mcu with a secret identity up until now if you oh, look if at the entire the mcu Netflix, if we're not counting daredevil, daredevil. it was daredevil yeah, and right. spider-man daredevil's yeah. gone so yeah. for me spider-man was the last one with the secret identity and, which leads to 2023 having to,
0: fantastic four correct as icons and mm-hmm. to varying degrees like black panther because it's like well how aware was the world of like wakanda being wakanda True. i mean everybody knew that like Prince T'Challa. Now, King T'Challa is the leader of Wakanda. Mm -hmm. But then did they tie that to that guy that was running around in the pajama suit in Germany in Captain America Civil War? Or did they think that that dude was like a Wakandan bodyguard or whatever? Like we don't know. Like we know stuff because we're basically the world governments when we watch these movies. Mm -hmm. We have so we have so much intel. We're like, oh, we know as much as Nick Fury does. But (laughs) there's I'm sure a lot of characters that like like how like do people know that Hulk is Bruce Banner or is Hulk just Hulk? Well, that's do you know point. what I mean? Like, and I'm mm. sure if somebody could look it up and be like, Doctor Bruce Banner. And, well, I guess he is because he's in the he's in the photo of the uh, of the homecoming school. Like, he's up there with Howard oh, Stark yeah. 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 as yeah. an icon. Yeah, right. but and you know when what he I mean down, like, like,
2: like, he's in public and often with the Avengers. So yeah. I think the one and one is two thing. Yeah. Where like Banner's in purple pants and then Hulk, <laughs> like there is.
0: I'm just saying that, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like the the, the the issue of identity that's happening at the end of this movie is really, really interesting, and I feel like it's not going to pay off until 2023. until 2023. But again, it'll yeah.
1: still be right after to us because like, we just saw a 2023 movie. I feel like it's a relationship, right? It's like a relationship, right? You, you, we've been ten years together, right? We, yeah, we got together with to no, we dated for like five. We weren't sure in the beginning with mm-hmm. Dark World, Iron Man. 2. We were like, "Oh, I'm not sure," mm-hmm. right? But we got over the humps, yeah. and then we got married, yeah. and then Avengers Endgame and Infinity Wars is essentially like the big hurdle we got over as a marriage, yeah. and we s- we're still together. Yeah. So now we have kind of sitting. We have kids. We Spider Man. We yeah. Spider Spider-Man. kid. Yeah, right. Spider So we can, can, we can kind of sit back. Yeah. We don't have to. Doesn't mean sit back quality. I mean sit back. We don't have to like throw the kitchen sink. And, all and I like, hope we don't. We right exactly. I feel like Phase Four is going to be like. Let's all chill out for a little bit. Let's 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 ramp back up, yep. and then boom, we'll jump into Phase Five with some serious shit. And that's how and you that's, meet new yeah. teams. That's yeah, exactly. how you
2: can soft roll in X Men. You can soft. Right. That's why I think X Men and Fantastic Four, four are what we have at SDCC yeah, yeah. because oh, it's interesting because okay. because of exactly it's what you're early. saying
0: I think it's too early yeah, I, too
2: I feel too. like they're going to surprise us I think what's more surprising than those two
0: announcements yeah uh, I feel like what would be more I mean surprising would maybe be just more of a slate that's their own stuff that's going to be Shang-Chi, Eternals, mm. um uh Not inhumans. Uh what else has been like you know Guardians 3 obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff that's just going to be laid out and again even Guardians 3 I think will be the what happens in 2023 To to sort of finish out those characters but to maybe loop back at the end of that with what's happening with Fury in space and what's happening with Mm – like I think every every movie up to that point is going to be – like we're not getting a movie set in the present day. Until 2023 is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: But I think that's why Spider-Man's important. And yeah. It, it, because Spider-Man is uh, the ground floor. Yeah. Know? Marvel is going out into space now in Phase Four. Sword, as you mentioned on yeah. our on mm-hmm. the heroes show, that's something that when I saw it, my friend when we went to see it, my friend leaned over. He goes, "That's fucking sword." I was <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying Spidey's like Shit. the last like major Earthbound bound Yes. Avenger. And you need him mm-hmm. because look. Uh, Captain, Duality. exactly he's a combo of Captain America and and Iron Man yeah he's as intelligent as Iron Man but he's from the borough from New York from he's as New selfless as cap and as, yeah.
2: and as intelligent as Iron man
1: exactly and so you need that to at least ground the MCU yeah. mm-hmm. and everyone else can fly off and go into space and do it which is where they're going he's also but all of need us him. like yes. in, in his worldview yes. and we don't
2: like Captain America is too altruistic for me to fully identify with him and right. Iron Man is too rich to fully identify mm-hmm. with him like his right. choices mm-hmm. I don't get to make whereas exactly. I, I was Spider-Man is, and that's what he's always been in the comics for 60 years, wow. we've gotten to be like, that's my guy. And that's why I think he should stay friendly neighborhood. One of my only flaws with this film is mm-hmm. that there were moments where I was like, this feels like the Dan Slot Iron Man, Spider-Man stuff I don't love. It feels mm-hmm. like he's the, super shadow, yeah, yeah. the shadow of Iron Man I was a little heavy on it for me. Okay. And that's it's my fourth favorite Spider-Man film. It's certainly not a movie I didn't enjoy, but it's definitely not Homecoming for me. It's not Spider-Verse for me. And it's not Spider-Man 2 for me, because it didn't always feel like Spider-Man's film. It felt like Spider-Man within the MCU in a wow. loud way.
0: Well, listen, it's MCU part 23.
2: That's the issue for it me. It is. <laughs> and
0: and again, I think that the way that this movie ends it sets it up for <laughs> Spider-Man part 1 in a way cuz mm-hmm. he really does feel like he can be on his own. I'm still hoping that he's a big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and he's interacting with characters yeah. and but I but I think that think about like the supporting players in this, Nick Fury, Maria Hill, mm-hmm. who end up being scrolls, Mysterio, Happy Hogan. It's a very MCU movie versus MJ Aunt May... J Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. like all of those players are now still in play, but they're going to be in Spidey's
1: world going forward. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like we could, we could focus more now. on them next go around. So that's the question. Yeah, and that's the question I have now going forward. Because I mean, that, basically that crew in the crown jewels—that's so, the crew. Yes, right. Yes. That's MJ, Flash, Betty, Brant, Ned. Flash, Ned. Keep happy? Yeah, yeah, can't happy. You have to be happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was worried we're happy. With Me going, too. Because I was like, because yeah. well, they made oh, him so yeah, lovable. Like, don't don't Joss Whedon us. Don't make him a kill. can still direct Movie, you know, keep him in the universe. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I wanted him around. So to see that crew, I'm like, okay, where do we go from here with this mm-hmm. crew? And now with the reveal with Jay Jonah, by the way, the best ever, uh, just I, the best. I, ever. I have mixed feelings about. Ooh, it still I really, really do because
0: here's Daily Bugle for you? So That's my problem. Here's my mixed. No, no, no. Well, the the mixed feelings there are like we were saying. There's a part of me that's like, I don't know if I want J. Jonah Jameson to be full-on Alex Jones because Alex Jones is too awful of a real human being that Mm -hmm. I don't – even though, again, in the comics we've always been like, oh, Jonah, he's kind of a dick. But we forget he did like – Create machines to try and kill Spider-Man. Like, right. he, like he, at times, he's been right. full on supervillain, but he also but secretly think,
2: helped Peter pay for college.
0: Gen- There's yeah, the think, balance. I think, generally speaking, he is like a, a real patriot. He is like a real, mm-hmm. and if he's somebody who might identify as more conservative or Republican, and within the Marvel universe, he still always had a code. He still always he still always knew when to be like, I'm not, I'm not, you know. Like what I'm saying is, he wouldn't vote for Trump. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like he sees mm-hmm. he still seems like that guy. Sure, but. For them to put him in that light is very – I was like, oh, man, that's kind of too real. But – I want that. We need yeah, that. We, we need, need that. It. Yeah. We, need it. So, we need it. So, so, I'm it's split It's the only on way it that. would work by have, by bringing it back. I know back. because it certainly couldn't be newspaper world. Nope. I get nope. that. Totally, totally, totally yeah. as a background. But I'm saying even as just the way that they lit it. It could have been a different version of the Daily Bugle news. It could have yeah. been, but they full on went like this is Infowars and like. Well, that's because you, I you had two minutes. And you had to fully understand. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You had two minutes, and you're like, so, this is exactly who this so character is. That aside, the the when I first saw him, the reason I was split was I was like, oh no, please don't let this be a. A result of fan casting. I really mm. hoped that Marvel Studios didn't listen to fans, because that's not always a good thing to do. Right. I don't want to acquiesce to the fan petitions, to the do you know what I mean? Because that can yeah. be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So now I don't know if this is true or not, but they've been saying either the director's been saying this is always in the plans. Mm-hmm. This was something that Marvel Studios, as soon as they got control with Spider-Man Homecoming, they're like, how do we bring JK back as J. Gen-? Like that was right. always sort of their thinking. And the precedent is of course um, uh, M in the Bond films called- right. Right. from the Goldeneye Pierce Brosnan right. world into the Daniel Craig world. So and and again, just to sum up, J.K. Simmons is perfect in that role, uh, even without the hair. I think that <laughs> and even with the Infowars thing, he, he like it was slight, like he was still him, but it's like a little different. And I want yeah. them, them to make his version different than the very '60s kind of fake world that the Raimi Spider Spider Mans live in, which yeah. is a great world, but it's not our world. It's right. like it's, it's a, a sensationalized
2: '60s yes. take on everything.
0: Yes, which is different than the MCU's tone. So right. I think that you can still mm-hmm. make J.K.'s very over over-the-top performance and very over-the-top character work for the MCU, but a, a, a part of me was also like, I kind of wish that they had went with just, I wish that they had said J. Jonah Jameson, and then we see Terry Crews or mm-hmm. Ice Cube or just this new casting where we go, oh, that would, that's, that's perfect. perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Why didn't we think of that? Well, that's perfect. Well, here's
1: a possibility, yeah. right? Um, the technology is still out there. What are you about to Sh- say? Shape-shifting John. is still John. out there. <laughs> John, I'm just. She's this is, this is what I love about the scroll it reveal. Ends with
2: such a. Anything's possible. This, Anything this is what I love about the scroll possible.
0: reveal is that now, just like we, it was happening in the comic books in 2007, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people reading Marvel, yeah, where like, we were like, Who is, oh my God, anything's possible. <laughs> and now we're feeling it as cinematically. Far back, as far back as the 70s, just someone was replaced. Give me Danny Glover as Robbie Robert
2: Robertson, and I'm happy. Danny Glover as Robbie Robertson,
0: opposite J.K. Simmons, will make me the happiest. we can have Danny and Donald Glover. Both Glovers, exactly. oh. unrelated, unrelated. Glover. no relation, <laughs> relation, but both yeah. in that. Yeah.
2: Give me that movie. Wow. Uh, also, like
1: Crispin in there. Somewhere. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> yeah,
2: give me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like one of the Sinister Six. Like yeah. somehow we got three Glovers. Uh-huh. Hey, dude. you, it's me,
0: <laughs> Chameleon, Chameleon. Like Dimitri's yeah. gone, and it's
2: just a weird Crispin Glover. Yeah. It's me, the Ring, <laughs>
1: or some. He'd a red Electro, yeah. like a
2: super squirrely yeah. Electro with the oh
1: big yellow.
0: Like, hey man,
1: <laughs> but I'm just saying this to you guys because you're saying you both believe that Quentin isn't dead. I don't Correct. think he's dead. So if Quentin isn't dead, which yeah. is an illusion, yeah, mm-hmm. Jay Jonah. Could, could be, be an, illusion an illusion as well. Oh, let me say, let me say some way. back to the idea of like,
0: hey, how do you take back or undo the Peter Parker reveal? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is one way that it could happen. <laughs> right. in The comics is that is it Peter is able to pr- like prove his name, mm-hmm. and maybe with some help from some scrolls or Fury or whatever, but is able to prove, hey, Quentin Beck was a like a liar. Right, he was a sham. You know, he was he was a complete con man. Here's the proof: he's alive. He didn't actually die. And then Jay Jonah Jameson would have to be like, <clears throat> have to do a retraction on our previous story, like, which point. is a classic Jonah moment that and, he would hate to do. And he's so, on a podium yeah. and he
2: hires Peter Parker as a photographer. Yeah, so. And we brought them into the website. Wrong, wrong. I just apologize just, just for defaming this young man's ju- name. Yeah, exactly. Peter's Give an American patriot. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. There it is. Some, and, like, and then you have yeah. that comic moment of the visual Peter meeting Spider-Man, which is every comic book cover when they have that moment. Mm-hmm. That which just we kind of had it, run.
0: it. Yeah, and we also kind of had it when he was fighting himself with the Mysterio. Yeah, oh, I love that. The Mysterio sequence is
2: amongst my favorite MCU period. The Mysterio sequence in all 23 films, that's what I wanted all of Doctor Strange to look like. And it made me so happy yeah. for 10 oh. minutes to be like, they did what I thought Mysterio would look like.
1: I saw someone tweet that they didn't like that sequence or took <laughs> them out of the movie. And I'm like, who the fuck is wrong with you? What? Like That sequence is so it's the best, genius. It's the best part. Yeah. It's Ditko
2: right. meets uh, Ramita. It's yeah. Ditko and Ramita actually come to life in 3D. And friend,
1: it's so incredible. My, after that sequence, uh, well, we were talking about afterwards in the bar. My friend Michael, he, he goes, he goes I, I didn't know that I... W- I was so afraid when they said it was going to be Mysterio. Same. I think- Same. And I said, well... We had we had to catch up to what they wanted to do. exactly, yeah. and so our technology, our world caught up to yes. where it could work, and, and, the, it and the MCU was in a position
0: to where it could work. Yeah. We, we could right. believe it,
1: and the world the, 2019. I, this yes. is happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. VR, it's, it's, it's essentially VR, yeah. 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 yeah, and then and, AR
2: helmet, the uh, the augmented reality helmet, yeah. and that's yeah. something that Jake said drew him to the parties. He wanted to he wanted to see. It's really funny. He's like, I wanted to see if they could make the fishbowl work, and they made it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jake actually talked about the fishbowl being a draw for him. Yes, uh, and the suit being part of what he wanted out of the character. He wanted it to look and, cool. And I love the idea of Theater Kid Jake being like, I want to wear a fishbowl and make it canon. And like, that's <laughs> what they did. Awesome. They totally met it. I'm
0: so glad that they, and that's just a testament to the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that their like visual development team are mm-hmm. so smart. They oh, know yeah. how to translate stuff from the comics and make it look amazing. Like, Mysterio's suit is great yeah. and I never thought I would say, because he has one of the worst costumes in the comics. Yeah. I hate it. I actively, it's just green with lines. Like, it's so <laughs> bad. And then and they the, made like, it amazing the, the gosh gold and so him good. walking
2: around. Have you seen the Children's Hospital photo? No, uh, yeah, was uh, great. You walking around with it. Jake Gyllenhaal, and Tom Holland, it, and Zendaya wow. went to L.A. Children's Hospital, and the in lights costume. are are practical, and yeah. he got to oh, like wow. run around with the kids, oh. and the kids got to chase Mysterio around, and Spider-Man. Oh. The, one of my favorite shots is Tom Holland pushing a, a child in a wheelchair, going, "We're gonna get him, we're gonna get Mysterio," oh my and Mysterio being like, "Oh no, don't get me," here's, and it's just so, so good. Ditko. Like, it's yeah, just my no. my mind is like, "How here's, is this real?" Here's
0: another thing I noticed the second time I watched it: at the end credits, when it's Jake Gyllenhaal credited with the cool little like, you know. Um, vacation on the you know (laughs) that whole bit Um, during the like Jake Gyllenhaal name there's like pictures of Mysterio costume but then there's also in the back like there's a picture of Thor and there's some circles to like Thor's torso as it's like that's their visual development like the fake team you know behind Mysterio has been studying the Marvel superheroes up to this point and I'm like that's genius (laughs) it's so brilliant but I'm exactly in the same boat as your friend who like never knew that I wanted Mysterio never knew that they could pull it off this successfully to basically get this character and that that whole like nightmare sequence like Oh, that's so great. Like, that's so it cool. Just, oh, wow. it's, of course, got, showing us the yeah, photos now. Like, yeah.
2: like, if you haven't seen these photos, your heart will grow three sizes like the Grinch. It's, it, it's just beautiful. I'm also so glad
0: because apparently in Civil War, like, his costume was replaced completely digitally. Oh. Like, when Spidey was in Civil War. Yeah. On the, in the airport scene. Because it was the actual suit. Oh, like, they, right. if you see they behind had, the behind-the-scenes photos, yeah. it's raised webbing. They had, and had a suit, but then they replaced it with a, with the digital one, and I was like, I don't know if they could ever... Does that mean that the live-action suit doesn't look good? But right. then... These photos are like, Anytime he's in one of those suits, like, it looks amazing. It's fantastic so good. Now we
2: should talk about the box office as we, okay. as we move on. Uh, One hundred and eighty-five million dollars domestic, three ninety-two seven foreign, worldwide over half a billion dollars in its six days. Wow. Five hundred and seventy-seven million, half a Is billion. it the
0: highest-grossing Spider-Man movie, or like uh, it on will record, be. on re- on track to be? It's on track to be. That uh, makes me It's happy. already
2: like it's it's cruising along very quickly, uh, and it did incredibly opening weekend. It definitely made a hundred million, which Hector said is the bar. No,
0: no. <laughs> One billion.
2: <laughs> when it clears uh, a billion, and yeah. then
0: Marvel and Sony team up again for. Three Three. I still remember when the first Spider-Man movie made 115 million yeah. opening yeah. weekend, and it people were like it made over 100 million. Like people freaked out, Yeah. and then Avengers came in with like 215. Boom! Well, like, <laughs> the
2: production budget was 160, and it's already at 577. So even yeah. with an insane marketing team, it's already making money, and it's gonna have lights because yeah. the rewatchability, yeah. and it's gonna kill on Blu-ray because mm-hmm. I'm gonna own it the moment I can to watch that sequence over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to replay that 10 minutes of my life. Also, that Marvel Zombies Nada
1: gave us. Oh so yes, many. Yeah. right. Yes. The yeah. Iron Man Marvel <laughs> Zombie. Woo. I Literally, uh, my friend Shannon was sitting there. Like, Shannon, and Michael, like, I, grabbed arm, I go like I grab Shannon's arm. Marvel Zombies! <laughs> and he goes, not gonna do that. And I'm yeah. like, it just seeing it, close. it close was no. it was the
2: Hail Hydra moment of Marvel Zombies. Yeah, it yeah. was mm. when Cap said Hail Hydra were all like I get it. And then Marvel yeah. Zombies like, Cool, we got yeah. it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, considering he kind of had like a half floaty thing yeah, too, right? Yeah. Just like the Marvel Zombie Iron Man character so like only a torso, yeah. <laughs>
2: they they nailed
0: it. It's as close to headpool as I'll ever get. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, so I,
2: I really dug that. Uh I really enjoyed the film. I think it's my fourth favorite Spidey, which is saying a lot because Spider Man's my guy. Like, I was mm-hmm. so excited Hector could join us today because the three of us all love Spider-Man.
0: It's my third favorite. Third favorite? So what's your order? My order is, uh, uh, I put it on the internet, my order is um, Spider-Verse number one, Mm -hmm. Homecoming number two, Far From Home number three. This is above Spider-Man 2 for you? Yes, it is. I agree with that. Yes, only because Spider-Man 2 is so solid, and everybody loves Spider-Man 2, but I feel that the more that the years pass, the more we get away from that era, the more we get away from, and here's the other thing too, like no matter what you feel about Spider-Man and Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Three? People that love those movies, people that grew up with those movies, I get it. But it, but even when those movies came out, I was like, man, this is a compromise. This isn't quite Peter There's Parker. it's definitely compromise. It's not. Toby's a great actor, but he's not Peter Parker. And he's not but, to me either. Correct. So those two huge pieces of that film, as, as perfect as Alfred Molina is as Doc Ock and everything else, like those two pieces are like, oh, I have to, I gotta sit through like did you ever love me? I'm like, yeah. this is painful. Like yeah. it's painful to watch versus the incredibly organic and genuine. And it made me fluttery, nervous romance. Yeah. This, the when, kids, they go, when they, they go first, out onto the bridge, ooh. when they're just like, where do you want to go? I, I don't care. Okay, let's go. I'm like, this is so damn cute. Yeah. And I love Peter and MJ so much. And there's such a great pairing in this. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. the acting and the, the writing. And it's just so genuine that, um, yeah, I will always gravitate towards the newer films and spider verse, obviously, mm-hmm. versus the Toby stuff. Even, even though those films are like structurally so great. Like sure, yeah.
2: And also gave us Ned and Betty from the comic book. Yeah, in a cute. way, Ned and Betty got married in <laughs> the <Maybe>. Hobgoblin <laughs> yeah. stuff, and they made that work in a weird. Like, I never would have thought they'd make Ned and Betty work in this canon, mm-hmm. and, and they worked, did on it on a so flight. Cute.
1: It works so well because you believe, because you remember being that young. Yeah, and you yes. guys, how, like your emotions are all over the place, and you're like, yeah, I could totally fall in love on a plane. And you have plans and fall out of love in the month later. Uh-huh. So yeah, cute. It's totally. It's totally. beautiful. It's so, so we
2: uh, once again we can talk about Spider Man for the next four hours, and believe us, we will every week, every time it comes up, every record it breaks. <laughs> we will unpack new things because the movie's amazing. Uh, definitely see it a second and third time. I'm very excited to see it again. I haven't seen it in 3D yet, so I'm going oh, nice. to see the, the mysterious sequence see the way it. it's, it's meant to be. And when
0: it's idea. coming out, I'll be importing it from the UK. You guys can come over and watch it. Yep. It's oh, going to be dope. I'll be in nice. the valley. I'll
2: be checking out the magic. Uh, now we have the other side of crazy. million spectacle in 3D, but then we also have the Joker, Mm. which is grounded and (laughs) Scorsese-flavored and October and getting a festival run versus a a Comic-Con experience. I love the fact that we found out it has nothing to do with the comics. There's mm. been a lot of kickback. I've seen people say, then why bother? My thought is, what Heath Ledger Joker is based off the comic? Like, Let me know what yeah. Heath Ledger read, because no, for I get me, that. that's the Joker.
0: A lot of the Christopher Nolan stuff, you could make that argument. A lot of the Tim Burton stuff, you could make that argument. Yeah. A lot of the Richard Donner Superman stuff. You could, Listen, most comic book movies, up until 2008, were doing whatever the hell they wanted. So I get that argument, but it still makes me a little bit cautiously cautiously optimistic because not that I think that um, the Joker has these amazing comic book moments that need to be recreated on screen and everything but just like it's, it's the same as this. It's the same as... Um it's a balance man. It's a balance between finding the right people not just comic book superhero stuff but working on any IP, any mm-hmm. property and adapting it into Hollywood or doing a sequel or being a part of any franchise or whatever. It's a balance between finding the people that are very passionate about the original thing and that love and understand mm-hmm. why it's good or yeah. why, you know, why it's relevant or important or it matters. Versus finding the creative people that go, you know what? What if we did this? Sure. Yeah. What if What if Nicholas Meyer came in to direct Star Trek even though he doesn't like Star Trek and he does Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan? What would he do? Well, let's just get him to watch a bunch of the old shows. Oh, he loves this Khan character. What if the whole movie is that? Genius. Like yeah. It's the balance. The same with J.J. Abrams coming in. He goes, well, I don't really like Star Trek. What if we did this? And I think it worked out great. Yeah. And a lot of the diehard Star Trek fans will be like, no, it's not Star Trek. Shut up. It is. It's great. But – it's finding the balance, okay? Right. So, so uh, it, whenever I see news like this, whenever I see that um, you know changes are being made, and even with like the MCU movies, which are very authentic and very accurate to the mm. characters that they're depicting, they're remixing it. And a lot Civil of Civil
2: War is so different, so but so remixed.
0: authentic. At the so same time. exactly, which is just all balance. So yeah. that it's for me, it's like, what stuff did they remix, and am I okay with that? Versus what stuff are they really trying to adhere to with the source material? Right. So with this, it makes me think of Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of a, the Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> where I had not oh, I oh, had oh, not seen I have not seen it. So this isn't the most fair thing for me to say, but from everything that I've seen, <laughs> from, from people that like Spider-Man and from people that like Broadway musicals yeah. that went to go see it, that it felt too much like Broadway people coming in and being like, okay, this is our version mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. And it's like, well you kinda missed the mark on both. Mm. And I worry that it could maybe happen with this project when when the filmmakers are very you know when they're declaring like no this isn't from a comic book well that's obvious because we've heard like the joker and bruce wayne are going to have very different ages and mm-hmm. the batman's not in this movie and and they just are going off of we created this film to try and describe how would a character like the joker come about where would mm-hmm. he come from that's what our movie is which is very interesting but um it's still denies a lot of the same way that the Christopher Nolan movies did the same way that Tim Burton movies did the sure. same way that Richard Donner Superman movies did it sort of denies and foregoes a lot of what is good about the comics mm-hmm. because they're not concerned with that so like mm-hmm. if you're cool with that if you know if you're into that it, 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 then 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 it, it then you'll be fine and i'm looking forward to this being a, at least in my brain because i'm i don't know if they're ever going to brand it as such it's an else world tale yeah, 100%. that's that's what it oh, is so that's totally. a, that's how comic book nerds have been classifying this mm-hmm. and i love that and i think that's super accurate because i'm not i don't want this to turn into a franchise i don't want that do i still want there to be a joker present in some kind of a modern present day movie where he squares off against batman hell yes but I, I don't want, want to be Joaquin Phoenix. no that's not what this is yeah. so so i'm looking forward to it but i still am always a little trepidatious when people come in and they go i didn't know anything about this thing here's my take on it it's like okay <laughs> cool it could be genius like it really could be amazing or it could be uh a, you know a bunch of filmmaking bros that are yeah. like they kind of think they know better for lack of a better term. And then they come out with something where you're like, ah, that doesn't I can't I can't go for that, man. If and I now it's associated before, with the Joker.
2: If I'd heard this before the trailer, I think it would have worried me. But after seeing the trailer and the trailer, Good felt point. nothing like a Joker. I agree. I saw Arkham. I saw a little baby Bruce Wayne and I saw Joaquin Phoenix. It's, it's not the Batman world. And none of that no. felt like Batman. But it all felt like the Joker. So I mm. didn't mind the fact that okay. this quote came out saying, like, hey, we intentionally ignored it. Don't pretend that this is going to be a thing. Because I'd rather someone come out and tell me that straight up than be like, oh, we cherry picked our favorites I than know. watch it and be like, no, that's a lie. Yeah, because yeah.
1: that's dark that's in the darkness. That's yeah. what that was. <laughs> and that uh, which really pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But like this um what you're talking about and what you but like McWeenie a few weeks ago tweeted about this. Drew McWeenie critic uh, he said I got an early. Co- I got a copy of the script, mm. and I hope people who are slaves to comic books let it go. Let it go. Sure. Yeah, I, I, and I'm I'm paraphrasing. Right? It's not what he's the slaves or anything. But he said people were like, so, so do, do think it's going to be this? It's not. It's yeah. so not. And I'm. And he goes, and I think the internet's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, Crit cool, press. I'm on board. I'm actually <laughs> you know, on like, board. That
0: makes me think, like, what does he shoot Bruce Wayne in the head? Yeah. Like,
1: what, like, what, like, what well,
0: kind of, right. you know, or dies? But Heath Ledger's yeah. dies Joker – legitimately
1: dies if Joker dies. Heath Ledger's Joker okay is such a,
2: such a not Joker. Like Heath Ledger's Joker doesn't get bleached. If, yeah. if you if you spell out yeah. Heath Ledger's Joker before Heath played him, and so many people exactly. were upset, exactly. then you'd have the same thing. On the paper. internet just wasn't the same as it yeah. is today. On paper, the internet's just so angry already. But you know what's
0: so you know what's so funny though, especially when it comes to this is what's so interesting about this, especially when it comes to the Batman fans, I want to talk about Batman fans for a second. I count myself as one of them. Mm -hmm. But there's also another group of Batman fans (laughs) that any Batman related anything is the best, most hardcore, most serious, most adult, most to be taken seriously, most prestigious, most, you know, everything. And even I like with how the, you're saying Kalinowski without saying Kalinowski. I appreciate even <laughs> <Is this laughs> someone in a bat
1: suit outside the office right now?
0: No, it's somebody wearing hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> even the Christopher Nolan movies, which I think have great moments of remix brilliance that I'm not mad at. Sure. There will be the diehards that will go, no, you don't understand. Christopher Nolan, he found this one moment in Batman 384 from 1976 where that's obviously Henry Ducard. So that's Rachel Gould, So this is the most authentic Batman movie ever. And you're like <laughs> – okay? Or like even the Joker stuff, they're like, you know, people say that about the Joker, but this is going off of this run and this, and this piece is from this. There's and a so panel it's a mo- that implies in yes. this single... Yeah, that <laughs> is, is awesome. Because you cut to Batman versus Superman, and like the big thing is like, cool, Batman typically doesn't murder dudes? And they go, hmm, you, you plebe, if you notice in these comics... <laughs> 1936 when like that guy's like, neck. Yeah, man, but that, come on. Like, Superman said racist stuff when, we were, when the United States was at war against Japan. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not Superman. So that's yeah. Context. But anyway...
1: <laughs> My point is, or they use the term Burton, term Burton films as oh he killed people in these films. Yeah, it's like well they never saw that. That's you know, not canon. Can, yeah. That's not
0: the that's not the Batman comics. Yeah, the those point are dumb is for jokes. exactly the point is is
1: that there will be.
0: I wonder if like this Joker movie is going to come out. And if it's going to break those fans' brains, because mm-hmm. they will be looking to if this is good and I like this, how do I how do I, how do I rationalize it? It is yeah. the comics when it's when I think we're being asked as fans, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And and it it's funny because a lot of the more recent DC stuff, like the Zack Snyder stuff, I would argue is not really comic book accurate. But they coming out of the woodwork to let you know that it is, and you're an mm-hmm. idiot if you don't think so. And it's like, okay, so now if that's where the fan base is, if that's where that group of fans are in their headspace, that they're that like. W- Like, how is the Joker going to work for them, or is it not going to work, or that you know? That's what's so interesting. If you're
2: not able to separate that stuff, then Far From Home doesn't work because of all the liberties it takes. And I feel like that's the difference between a diehard comic movie fan and a diehard comic film fan. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to be able to separate what you're experiencing. And I think different mediums have different strengths. And that's why I like Spider Verse so much. It did things that the film couldn't do and that comics couldn't do. And I think there are strengths too. Far From Home that couldn't exist in a comic. Correct. The visuals of Mysterio wouldn't translate to a drawing in a way that the film. I
0: agree. I was talking. about Far From Home, or even just any of the MCU movies, and somebody online was like, I prefer to, I tend to prefer like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and some other films because they're more true to the characters. And I'll tell them, and i and I responded to the person, I was like, listen, those movies that you love took as many or sometimes more liberties yeah. than any of the movies that I like. Don't, don't praise them because they're more true because they're not. Praise them because you love them and they're good movies. And at you know the end of the, yeah. end of
2: the day, to wrap this up for me, is that there's been at least a hundred writers on every one of these characters. Yeah. Talking about, and every one of them have a different perspective. So even if you think it's comics accurate, that's in quotes because comics are not accurate to each other <laughs> because writers change every year. Correct. So enjoy the stuff, enjoy the material. Some of it'll work for you, some of it won't. There are people that like X Men Three, and I respect them. I disagree <laughs> with them. Uh, just so
1: one last thing, just think about Dark Knight Returns. If that had come out now, the internet would have gone insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's now considered one of the greatest. That's the definitive Batman. The definitive Batman. And it's like, and he does
2: stuff in that that's pretty crazy. That's pre- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it couldn't be more different than Neil Adams' Batman yes, or more exactly. different than – and that's the thing yeah, about yeah. books is their characters. And the reason we identify with them is because they're so universal, which means you can take chances, which mm-hmm, is I think yeah. the Joker. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Empire Online uh, images, there's some new stuff for the Joker. Obviously, this is a podcast, so you have to Google it yourself. <laughs> uh, but they're really cool. Uh, and then uh, we also got word this week. This is from CBR, and it fascinated me. X-Men The Dark Phoenix is bombing harder than 2015's Fantastic Four. Josh Trank's Fantastic Four is doing better number-wise than this movie. Uh, According to Forbes, Dark Phoenix will earn $430,000 at this weekend's box office for a domestic total of $64 million. This is actually less than what X-Men Apocalypse earned in its first weekend. It means the movie will finish with a worldwide take. Worldwide take. Of just over 250 million against a 200 million dollar budget. Oof. Now, for a movie to be profitable, it has to exceed at least 1.5 to 1.75, really two times the budget. Two times, yeah. because their 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 math is CBR says. Dark Phoenix will earn approximately 1.25 times its budget, but I don't feel like that's accurate with reshoots mm-hmm. and with the amount of marketing, and that's what we're talking about, the yeah, two times. Yeah. Whereas Dar- uh, Fantastic Four earned 1.67.9 times its 120 million. Mm-hmm. So, from a numbers game, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four is a more fiscally sound investment, which
0: is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, I think it was bad timing on the release. Yes. I think it was um, you know, you're know, you only as good as your last entry in your franchise, mm-hmm. and however how, that's why Bumblebee didn't do as well I know you're yep. a huge fan of the, yeah, no, you true. know, but that movie, that franchise had a very interesting audience, mm-hmm. like target audience, and then they changed it up for the family-friendly Bumblebee, and it's like, how are you expecting to get
1: right. those families in this? Do you know what I'm saying? So they, they are now by it, going back to the Michael Bay I know. stuff. That's I so know. shame. I
0: loved Bumblebee. I, I'm with you. Yeah. On the wait, they're going like, back to the Michael Bay stuff. Uh-huh. What's happening?
1: Yeah. They announced that they, John, that they're gonna, yeah. John, don't are do you this. Joking? Yeah, none no, I don't. Yeah, they're weaving back. They're connecting it back to the Michael Bay movies. The next ones, John. Yeah.
2: And there's like three of them, right? They greenlit there's, like yeah. a bunch.
1: And, and that's why I think they changed it to that yellow Camaro at the end because yeah. they're like, just in case. And now we're there. And now we're there. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's going Mountain Dew. It's going Mountain yeah. Dew in heart. Hopefully it'll find that middle ground that people have been asking for from both sides of the fence. Mm, it, the it, Bumblebee mm, fans and the Michael it, Bay could, fans. Is it going to be
0: Michael Bay still doing it?
1: He's executive produced Bumblebee. I so know. he he will maybe have a little more input, but I don't think he'll come back to direct not. it. He's I left the
2: last three. <laughs> like He's yeah. always like, this is my last one. I'm like, bro, yeah, yeah. keep saying that. Every one of those uh, uh, behind-the-scenes wow. things. So Dark Phoenix, That I thought that was an interesting take. Uh, I'm very excited to see where we go with the X-Men franchise. I'm, I'm both team give it time to rest mm-hmm. and team give me a new one right away. <laughs> so think, I'm
1: very torn. <laughs> do you think they should kill New Mutants now too?
2: Uh, I feel like because of this announcement, they should make sure New Mutants ties into the MC.
1: You. That's They've had fair. enough reshoots. No. No. They've had enough reshoots, no, man. coy.
2: I feel like. Mistake. Okay, two Should moves. They do Should that.
1: they drown it? Take it out of the back. there's three
2: moves. One, okay. never have it released. They're not going to do that. I don't want that. Two, no. you tie it to the MCU. Nope. Three, else worlds like Joker. Yeah, do that. But it'll confuse the everyday nah, person why fine. there's a movie with mutants <laughs> out. And that's I hope,
0: called I hope whatever <laughs> amount of money they spent on that horror film that has superhero characters in it, they're able to spend uh, an adequate amount on marketing to get the horror fans to go check it out, sure. and that's it. And just make your money and then be done with it. But no more. It should not be part of a larger, which I think has been the Fox X-Men series up to this point. The Deadpool yes. movies did not concern itself with tying it to anything, right. and that's it's one of its strengths. So just let New Mutants come out. I'll go check it out, but don't I'm worried don't because of the I amount of – I would have said
2: they weren't until the amount of reshoots and then Disney announcing it. When Disney mm. was like, we got this movie and we've done a fucking 60 days of reshoots, mm. I was like, no, no, no. Because I don't want that to be my introduction personally because no. I want the horror flavor. We'll see. Time yeah. will tell. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Hopefully. So now in the world of – so that was our movies. Uh, in the world of comics themselves, Naomi is ending with this week's issue number six, but not forever. Uh, Naomi is going to be a chapter serialized book where it's going to be new separate runs. Good. Uh, if you're not reading Naomi, please do. Naomi one through six are some of the best... I love Naomi so much because it it gives me the universe of Superman in a way that I never thought we'd see. And I love Superman when he's larger than life because he's Superman. Mm -hmm. And Naomi (laughs) is exactly that book. And the art is some of the best in comics. Bendis writes new characters so well where you feel like you've known them your whole life and they feel new. Uh, Naomi is a very strong book. I think in 10 years we'll look back at Naomi as like the ultimate Mm Spider-Man. Holy crap, look what we found. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's being looped into the DC Comics universe. She's actually going to be part of young... uh, There's a Young Justice, from that she's on the cover, like she's a part of the universe now. Is it
0: the Sil Wonder Comics imprint? Yep. The Young Justice there? All the Wonder Comics stuff has been great. A Jinx and World and Wonder Comics. Yeah, so I, ha- I read the first issue of Naomi and I loved it. I love that book. And now that it's going to be six, I'm going to go get that trade. Perfect. I can't, like, I'm looking forward to that because I think it's a great book. And yeah, because well, you're I'm glad you're with, it's not going away. It's
2: fun because you and Amy
0: are trade monsters. Yes. and I'm
2: a I need, my brain's like Do loud, so I read I'm, every book. I'm week. where
0: you are, like, seven months from now. Like, I can't. <laughs> you're like, anyway, here's the 16 books I read this week. I'm like, like, no, I can't. I, I, can't I read. I
2: read between seventy three and one hundred and seven books a week because if I'm only reading one storyline, my brain gets like tired and bored of it. So it. if I've got all of these, then I'm like, mm-hmm. Naomi's great because over here, Flash great with Williamson, have and you, I love Tom. King's have Batman, you watched but,
0: Game of Thrones? Uh I didn't like it. <laughs>
2: I, I know, I know. Uh, for our audio listeners, John Rook has left the booth. He's gonna go put his transformer shirt on and then come slay me with his Michael Bay sword. I was uh, say, you should just start that. You should just power the whole thing. My problem with Game of Thrones is that I like characters that are founded in trying to solve problems, and Game of Thrones is malicious Correct. in its finding new problems. Correct. Yeah. And anything based around like mm. aggressive uh, rape is a tricky narrative for me. It's true, so, man. Listen, uh, I
0: tried the first season. I also was like, "This is a great show, not for me." Yeah, it's a great show. I love but not Legion for me. Yeah. because
2: my brain's quiet during it. I need a lot of stimulation. To get me like, (laughs) so I love reading multiple books. So it's funny with trades. Like I'm reading Saga. Mm -hmm. I'm reading Saga as a trade, Mm -hmm. but Mm Saga is so loud that I don't mind it. It's the first trade I've enjoyed. Saga and Hundred Bullets. Yeah, because Hundred Bullets changes every three issues. It feels like a new comic. I
0: didn't like Hundred
1: Bullets. What? And I read
0: all one hundred issues. Wow. And I was really at the end of it. I was like, huh, this is ugly, and I didn't like it. You were hate reading it at the end. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I was. It was an assignment, and
2: I'm like, is this gonna get better?
0: I'm at issue eighty. Dude, Hundred
2: Bullets and Saga are the first two. able to read his traits because I feel like Saga gives you a new character every panel or like mm-hmm. you know every other page so it feels like the frenetic. And then 100 Bullets, it never stops tricking yeah. you. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like an anthology. There's yeah. always yeah. a trick.
2: So, uh, speaking of f- things tricking you, uh, Punisher came out this week and was aggressively anti hey, stop using my symbol.
0: Oh, and yeah. I Heard love about
2: this. <laughs> Heard so, I have yes. always uh... been confused at police wearing a Punisher badge on their car or on their person mm-hmm. because he kills people, mm-hmm. and you've got to protect and serve on your car right next to your murder symbol. Uh-huh. So I love that yeah. after all these years, Punisher rips up his Punisher decal, takes it off a cop car, and says, If you want a hero, look at Captain America. Uh, wow. I, I try not to get political on any of my shows because it automatically alienates half of an audience, and I don't disagree with you, dear viewer, uh, however you feel about this next sentence. But if you view police as having the option to do the things Punisher does, <laughs> we see the police as differently. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I really love that Marvel was like, hey, we're not taking a political stance. We're taking a stance against a certain type of officer. Mm-hmm. And there's this book called Scarlet, um, Brian Michael Bendis's Scarlet, where she basically says you took a pledge as an officer of the law. If you break that pledge, you're no longer an officer of the law.
0: There you go. And I
2: love the there idea that that is more of what we accept as the norm mm. because – Police brutality is not something that I know enough about to comment on it. I do know that the Punisher is a character that isn't just. Mm-hmm. So I can safely say that those two things don't go side to side.
0: It's tough, man, because the Punisher has always been idolized. But there's always been this section of of readers and, and Marvel fans oh, yeah. that have been like, he's a villain. He's, he opens as a Spider-Man villain. He's yeah. trying to kill this kid like he has been a he's a tragic figure. Mm. He is essentially misguided even if his goals end up like cleaning up the streets and helping you know innocent people not be terrorized by drug dealers and and people with guns and stuff like that, like that's all part of the Punisher, but he is somebody who like shouldn't be idolized, but he gets movies and T V shows yeah. and incredible performances by John Bernthal who like really treats that character seriously. Mm-hmm. And he also Bernthal has talked about how he knows how important that character is to like the military and the armed forces. Yeah. Sure. Because they also rock the Punisher logo yep. when they're when you know when they're when they're over there. And a part of me is like, I think it's great that you can look at your heroes and find the inspiration. But another part of me is that the Punisher is not a. He should be like the. He's he should be the the person that you're kind of rooting against when he goes up against Daredevil. Yeah. Punisher is the guy that you root for to get better and to stop because of the people in his life that love him, and they're telling him like Frank, like you've gone too. You know, you know. Right. But you're also rooting for the Punisher when he comes across a den of like you know, child molesters, and just,
2: yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky that thing. You want handled. I know, man. It's,
1: it's, it's the line to walk with him. You want him to fill out your, to uh, indulge you in your fantasies Correct. of just killing people mm-hmm. like that, because you don't who, like people like that, it. who deserve Correct. it. Right, right, but by the same token, you don't want him to be bloodlust. And yes. that's the real line to walk with him. And they, and some of the best lines of Punisher, or runs of Punisher, have are, walked that line that. Yeah. and explored that. that. Yeah. And that's why I would argue, the first. that's why I love the first season of Punisher so much oh, more God, than the second same. season. Because mm. the first season is dealing with the PTSD and yep. the loss of the family and what it does to him and he doesn't indulge that until he has to until he's forced to and he does it in a brutal fashion right and we and I cheered when him and Daredevil yeah. were having their back and forth yeah. and I, 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 I love that but in the second season they went to that Punisher and People who had complained about the first season mm-hmm. really loved the second they season because the Punisher. Punisher. they're punishment, which, which frustrated the hell out of me because I yeah. didn't like him. Like yeah. all that kind yeah. of shit. I wanted something a little more uh, a little more, I don't know, personal exploration. That's mm-hmm. where he's best. And what yeah. I what I think is important <coughs> about this whole statement is that I'm a huge I think police are
2: so important. Yeah, and actual of heroes. Like, mm-hmm. Officers of the law are saving our lives yeah. every minute of every day. This mm-hmm. isn't me speaking out against police because I love the police. Thank you for all you do and all your sacrifice what I do think is important is seeing what symbols represent. It's more yeah. about the symbolism it's more about the representation. Yeah. It's more about those things. So if you're a cop and listening to this thank you for your service. Totally. Uh, I really respect and appreciate everything you've done in your life leading to that point. Um, but I also think we need to look at how we perceive symbols because I don't want to raise a child in a world where they see the Punisher as something to look to to be become. Like mm-hmm. if I have a kid and he starts wearing a Punisher shirt I want him to know what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I'll leave it. Uh, but it's really important to me that that is, uh, that is what it, that symbol if represents. if the kid
0: sits down and he's like well I love the line that he walks, between. I'm like, Great, you got it. Cool. <laughs> Keep rocking I that trade. Right, I'll buy you another one. Yeah, yeah. we'll get the- Let's go get that trade. You- Garth Ennis, let's go get it. <laughs> He's
2: seven. Uh, so we talked about our we talked about the comics on Heroes this week. Uh, we don't have time to dive into each of the issues, so check out our actual Heroes video on Tuesday. We, we briefly touch on all of them. We talk about all the comics that come out this week. Uh, in the world of video games, they have added the Far From Home suits to the PS4 game. Nice. So you can now play as the stealth suit and the new Spider-Man suit in PS4, which is pretty rad. I love that they keep doing that. Uh, we also talked about the San Diego Comic-Con panels on this week's Heroes on video. Uh, we're going to dive into that more next week as it's the week before comic cons. So yeah. we'll talk about that. Uh, unfortunate news this week, uh, Eddie Jones, who played Pa Kent on Lois and yeah. Clark, has passed away. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give a, a moment of love for Eddie Jones. Uh, he was such a great Pa Kent, such a
1: part of my childhood. Not just a great Pa Kent, Paul of Marla Hooch. Yeah! From League of Their Own. Yeah. great character actor yeah. We've st- we're starting to lose these fantastic character yeah. actors uh, more and more every week and it's a sad thing whenever you see one but yeah he was great as It's
2: just his face like if you don't know who Eddie Jones is look up his face and mm-hmm. you'll instantly have so much nostalgia yeah. like you'll know so much of his work beautiful actor thank you Eddie Jones for all you did for film and TV uh, in the world of Twitter, we got some shout-outs. Uh, Shane Pickett at DadRad4. I've been meaning to start Saga for a while now. Koi and Amy talking about it. Collider, Collider Heroes have continued to stop procrastinating. And then he had all of the trades. <laughs> so thank you for sending us that. Always love hearing you guys are loving nice. reading Saga. Stephen Polchinski at Polchinski. Koi and Amy, thank you for reading my LCS tour entry on Collider Heroes. To clarify, it's Saskatoon is the city, Saskatchewan is the province. No hard feelings, it's hard to pronounce. Thanks for Canada Day greeting. Happy 4th of July. Amy and I fought to try to talk about Canada, like what the names are, and like I didn't know what a province was. It was a whole thing. And we talked about Kit Kat clocks. Uh, are apparently those clocks with their eyes and their tails mm. shift. Mm. I thought it was a clock made of Kit Kats. Mm. Very different thing. Mm. So thank you for telling me what Kit Kat clocks are. Uh, Alan Hearn says, I think Spider-Man Far From Home post credit scene could be a plot piece used for the Black Widow movie. Perhaps the start of Secret Invasion story arc. Love to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Certainly the Nick Fury one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, with, with sword and everything mm-hmm. like Talos that. Talos and Soren. Is yeah. that Talos' wife's I mean, name? That's yeah. absolutely uh, setup for I don't know. Black Widow. I, Captain Marvel 2 is my thought. Definitely Captain absolutely. Marvel 2. But, but I love the idea of prequel, planting seeds
0: with Black
2: Widow. I'm like, what if they play the long game?
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: I mean, if it's a prequel, well, I wonder. Maybe hmm. because now
0: that actually that was brought up, yeah. it, Black Widow, let's say it comes out next year, probably will, um, probably will be a prequel in 2016. Yeah. It's about Natasha dealing with something that is her own storyline, which is great as it should be, and then at the end of that we might get hints or know that, hey, eventually she's going to have to dye her hair blonde and yeah. go meet up with Cap and you know, they're on the run and then we get Avengers Infinity War. But a way to keep that movie even more relevant is, yeah, a post-credit scene could have more scroll stuff yeah. to lead to something that the Avengers, without Natasha, will deal with in 2023 and beyond. They could do that.
1: Could... Yeah, Budapest isn't Budapest, Budapest is
0: like definitely in play. Yeah.
1: Budapest would be in play. What if the whole thing is is uh, scroll shapeshifting, and so the guilt she feels of Budapest maybe in some way I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: I just know this. I don't. Just like the comics, I don't foresee any major, major, major characters being a bait and switch, being, a bait, being revealed yeah, as like insane. oh, that was a scroll. That's Natasha's alive. Like because it don't would do just, that, Kevin Feige. No, don't you do if it. they haven't brought back Coulson. <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't brought back Coulson in the movies and he's been alive oh, yeah. in the show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it means that the movies are respecting the sort of major deaths. Let deaths be deaths. We yeah. didn't get Quicksilver uh, uh, back, even though we could have. Correct. Quicksilver
2: could have mm. easily come back with a sure. snap yeah. or anything. You know that's what I mean? So, so many
0: different ways to bring these characters back, and outside of the couple fakie deaths like Fury and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Loki and Thor: The Dark World, like yeah. that's even Groot died, and two, now we have a new Groot. Those are two espionage characters. Yes. Loki is
2: a god of mischief, yes. and he
0: is the king of paranoia.
2: Those two characters, it works. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. keep the other characters mm-hmm. dead, in my opinion. Our mm-hmm. sweaty Question of the week. Uh, in light of the big news about the end of the long-running series, what of a long-running series, what quote fake blurbs 2 to 3 months worth would you include in previews advanced comic book solicitations for a series you liked in order to keep the ending a surprise? Yeah, Love I, don't, this I don't understand
1: that question at all. Uh,
2: the Walking Dead yeah. ended, yeah. At, like on a on a whim. It was supposed to go oh, to right. 200. Herkman just ended. It. He just ended it. Yeah. Right. So there were fake solicitations for weeks about uh, upcoming months oh. of books. There was oh. a, there was a 191 solicitation, a 192 solicitation. <laughs> so you pre ordered books that don't exist. I loved it. That's great. So what comic would you want them to do a fake solicitation for, so
0: you'd be surprised at it ending? <laughs> That's so specific. It's such a sweaty so question. Let, let me ask so you this sweaty. Does this comment uh, uh, begin with one of those things where they go, I'll go first, and then they give us an example? <laughs> no, 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 no. This <laughs> like is <every> literally... Twitter <laughs> hypothetical question. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's That's like, so like why like, would you guys do this? I'll go first. It's this like, person respected my, the question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm.
1: You just wanted me to answer. For
2: me? Superior Spider-Man because the entire time I didn't love mm-hmm. the Ock as Spider-Man angle mm-hmm. and it would have been cool to be announced that he was suddenly back and then Doc Ock got his own title. Mm. So it was – it was. we all knew Spider-Man was coming back at some point. It mm-hmm. would have been a great surprise if it happened in the middle of an issue. Imagine flipping yeah. through an issue and then all of a sudden be like, oh, spider mans back without mm-hmm. knowing. Whereas Superior Spider-Man ended very specifically. We knew it was coming. I would have liked to bait and switch with uh, Superior.
1: Mm. Damn, this is tough because a lot of comic books' uh, lines end and they get picked up again. Right, So it's tough to pick one that hasn't been. The, uh, yeah, And a fake solicitation. Yeah. yeah, I mean the death of Superman was essentially like, no one's buying these comics, so we've got to do something here. We'll kill him. We'll, yeah, we'll kill them. So um, I don't know. Can we open it up to like movies, TV shows? <laughs> okay, let's
2: open it up. We've well, um, we got to wrap. So anything okay. you'd like to be a surprise ending for a series.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, so it's like Lost season 7. <laughs> <laughs> you can't <laughs> retroactively fix it. <laughs> no, no, no. I love the ending. I like the ending a lot. So too. it'd be like Lost season 7, uh like they're still on the island. They're trying to they're trying to get off of it.
1: That's it. That's the solution. <laughs> so I got Superior
2: Spider-Man, you got Lost broken, yeah. any Sopranos.
1: medium. Ooh. Just instead of that it just mm-hmm. instead of the black frame, mm-hmm. it just ended somewhere somehow. Boom, like Ooh. that. And people Ooh. were like next season, it's going to be awesome. Oh, and then there never was a next season. Ooh, <laughs> and people were that's like, fantastic. I thought we were getting a next season. <laughs> Sorry, guys. David Chase. <laughs> you thought the That'd Black Frame was a, a, a few. This is even better. Excellent <laughs> question. I'm going
2: to retweet that question. If anyone else wants to chime in with theirs, I love how open-ended that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate you guys. As always, thank you for sending in questions. Thanks for reading Saga. And uh, until next week, stay sweaty. Does anybody want breakfast?
0: Guys, Let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time
2: favorite for just 2 bucks on the 123 dollars menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans,
1: so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael.
0: I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face
1: and done.